glad y'all are here this morning. Mr. Frank, thank you for opening us up in prayer. So for the past couple of weeks, we've been talking about um, passing on some very important messages to others. If you're like most people, you've probably communicated this week with people by sharing messages. And we do this all the time. So in any given day, you may communicate through text or likes and um, comments on someone's social media. You may even pass notes. Or how about that look that, look that you may give to your best friend when something funny's happened but you don't want to laugh out, loud, laugh out loud. Or maybe sometimes you actually have real conversation. Wow, go figure. So aren't you glad that we don't have to send messages anymore like they did in the old days? Um, in the old days, they would use... Um, horse-drawn wagons, they would use telegraphs, or, or sometimes they would even use carrier pigeons. So what they would do with carrier pigeons, they would have these little, like, little containers, and they would put these messages inside those tubes or whatever, and the pigeons would fly to someone's house or whatever and give them that message, and then they would have to wait till they wrote down their little message and put it in the carrier pigeon and send it back. So this morning, we are going to play a game, another one, where we're going to practice pretending we are carrier pigeons. So what I'm going to do here is if I can get, if I can get four people on this side, come on, buddy, and four people on this side, we're going to play a game. So who I need, all right, you can go over here, you go over here. I need a couple more people. Who wants to volunteer? Okay, go ahead, buddy. A couple more. Hey, there may be a prize at the end. There is a prize at the end. Come on, Miss Pat. Thank you. All right. Who else we got? So I got two over here. Two over here. I need. Come on, Miss Gracie. Come on. Come on, Mr. Kelly. All right. Mr. Kelly's going to help out today. All right. So I got a full team over here. I need two more over here. Just two. Nobody wants a prize. Okay. We'll just do three and three then. How about that? Wow, we got father against daughter this morning. Happy Father's Day to the fathers in the room, by the way. Okay, so up here you'll see this purple bowl. Inside this purple bowl I have a sentence, but it's cut up into individual words. So what you have to do one at a time, one of you will go and get a word out of the bowl, and you will then, um, what you have to eventually do, do one word at a time, go back and forth each person, and y'all have to put that sentence together. Once you put that sentence together, and it's a question, by the way, and you answer that question, that team wins. So do we have any music we can play while we're doing this? All right. So here we go. On your mark, get set, go. So obviously that is not the best way to communicate right there because that took a long time, didn't it? So aren't you thankful we don't have to do that anymore? Um, however... There's still a group of people that even as far as technology has come, we still have difficulties communicating with, and that is our family members. So I want to conduct a poll this morning. You can just kind of raise your hand. It's kind of a one through five kind of thing. So on a scale of one to five, one being the lowest, five being the highest, how easy is it for you to talk to your family members? Would you say you're a one? If you're a one, hold your finger up one. If you're a five, five. So how easy is it for you to talk to your family members? I got some fours in the room. I got some fives. That's good. Do I got any? So not bad. Some threes, some fours. That's pretty good. So how do you think, from a scale of one to five, how, do you think, how well do you think your family listens to you? Five is the highest, one is the lowest. 
So if it's a one, if it's a one, y'all, you can't communicate with them very well. If it's five, you communicate great with them. Ooh, I got some twos in here. You don't think your parents listen to you. I got some fives. That's pretty good. Some fours. That's awesome. So how well do you listen and understand your family members? A one. Got some twos. I see some threes. All right. So as we can see, sometimes our, it can be hard to communicate with our families. Our relationships with our families are actually supposed to be the strongest and most valuable relationships we have. But sometimes, let's just be honest, they can get under our skin. So um, I have a story. Right up here is a picture of my son and um, his lovely bride. That's Caleb and Caroline. They got married um, just a couple of weeks ago, and um, it was a beautiful, beautiful wedding. Part of the responsibilities for the groom's parents is to do the rehearsal dinner. So that is way out of my comfort zone. I am not a party thrower. I get really nervous and just way out of my comfort zone. So I had some people who came and helped me set up that, that day that I was very grateful for. Well, one of the people that actually helped me set up was my Aunt Tally. Now, my Aunt Tally, she's like a mother figure to me. My parents have both, um, they're both deceased right now. So my Aunt Tally is actually a good mother figure to me. And so she actually, she wanted to help. She volunteered to help. So I was very thankful for that because I felt a little overwhelmed and nervous. Well, prior to the rehearsal dinner, Caleb and Caroline had told me how they kind of wanted the rehearsal dinner set up. They wanted to have like a head table. And at the head table, they wanted to sit along with the parents of the bride and the groom. And then they wanted to have the, the, the other tables facing them in two separate rows, kind of staggered like this. So we get there and we start setting up. Well, my Aunt Tally, I love her. She, um, she has in her own mind what she wants. So she gets there and she's like, well, what if we did this? If we kind of angled the tables this way, I think you know, they would be able to see them better. So I'm like, all right, Aunt Tally. So I'm sitting there thinking, but they told me how they wanted it set up, so I wanted to honor their wishes. And then, um, so we start staggering the tables just because I, I just, you know, sometimes you just want to please people and move on. So we started staggering the tables, and then she goes like, no, 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 that, that's not what I mean. Turn them this way, turn them that way. And I'm like, okay, Aunt Tally, how do you want them? Well, you know what? You do it how you want to, Shug. You do it how you want to. This is your thing anyway. You do it how you want to. So I start moving it the way I want to. Well, no, no, I think it'll look better if you put it over here, if you do it this way, if you do it that way. But it's your party. You do it however you want to. I'm like, nope, Aunt Tally, we're going to do it your way. Then she tells me to get at the head of the table and look out and see how it looks. I say, well, why don't you get up at the head of the table and you see how it looks? Because evidently you have all the answers. Okay, I lost it. I blew it, right? So that wasn't the best way to communicate. And sometimes we blow it with our families. Sometimes we, um, they get under our skin. Can anybody relate to that story where sometimes your parents or maybe your siblings just really get on your nerves? Yeah, I think we can all agree to that. So for the last few weeks, we've been talking about passing on the good news of Jesus to others with both our words and with our lives. We talked about how Jesus challenges us to tell everyone about the good news that he is alive and that he can rescue us from sin and death. That we can share that good news um, 
of our lives by, by loving people with both our actions and our words. And we are also called to share that good news with everyone, including the people that might surprise or challenge us. Challenge us. But what about our families? Well, that might, take, that, might take, uh, that might actually be some of the most challenging people to love or to communicate with um, sometimes. So, so how do we share the good news with them? So we can, um, I'm sorry, lost my place. So, um, how can, so how can we tell our families about Jesus when sometimes it actually feels really uncomfortable? And what if they don't listen to us? And um, especially maybe you're the only one in your family that knows Jesus. And sometimes that makes it really hard. And if your family already knows Jesus, it's not time for you guys to tune out yet either. Even if your family already knows who Jesus is and knows what they did for their lives, we still have a mission to show them the good news of Jesus through our actions. So what does, it, what does it mean to pass on the good news with our actions rather than our words? So throughout this series, we've been talking about how um, showing the good news of Jesus through our actions can actually help develop the influence that we need in people's lives to share the good news with Jesus with our words. This is true for our families, too. So if you're familiar with the Bible, you know that it's full of stories of people sharing the good news of Jesus all over the world. They go on these long journeys, and they have these dramatic, great adventures, and they take big risks in order to share the good news of Jesus with others. But the Bible is also full of stories of people who shared the good news of Jesus with their own family members. These stories might not be as dramatic or as adventurous or action-filled, but they're just as powerful and just as important, just like the story of Lydia. So in the book of Acts, um, chapter 16, verses 9 through 15, we'll read the story of Lydia. So if you have your Bibles, y'all can turn to that right now and open it up. If not, the verses will be on the screen as we read, okay? So Acts 16, so during the night, Paul had a vision in which a Macedonian man was standing and pleading with him, cross over to Macedonia and help us. After he had seen the vision, we immediately made an effort to set out for Macedonia, concluding God had called us to preach the gospel to them. From Troas, we put out to sea and sailed straight through Samothrace the next day, to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi, a Roman colony and a leading city in the district of Macedonia. We stayed in that city for several days. On the Sabbath day, we went outside the city gate by the river where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and spoke with the women gathered there, a God-fearing woman named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth from, this, from the city of Thyatira, was listening. The Lord opened her heart to respond to what Paul was saying. As she and her household were baptized, she, she urged us, If you consider me a believer in the Lord, come and stay at my house. And, it, and she persuaded us. So when Paul arrived to the city, that Lydia, to the, to the city where uh, Lydia was from, she already loved God. And, but she didn't know about Jesus. And when she heard the good news that he offered... 
Um, although we don't know all the details of how this happened, we know that a couple of things. First of all, we know that um, Lydia heard the good news from Paul, and then we know that she went home and immediately told her family about the good news. Um, and then her family was so convinced that they all returned to be baptized. The family even gave Paul and his team a place to stay while they were on their missionary journey. So Lydia not only responded to the good news of Jesus for herself, but she also passed that good news on to her entire family. Now the next people I want to talk about is um, Lois and Eunice. So in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 3 through 5, we read, I thank God whom I serve with a clear conscience, as my ancestors did, when I constantly remember you in my prayers at night and day, remembering your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I recall your sincere faith that first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and now I'm convinced it is in you also. So this is Paul writing to Timothy, and Timothy is a major figure in the New Testament. He was, the mentor, he was a mentor, mentor, he was mentored by the Apostle Paul, and he was also very instrumental in bringing the good news of Jesus to new parts of the world. He even has two books in the Bible that were written to him, First and Second Timothy, that Paul wrote to help train him. But here we learn that Timothy's journey actually, his journey of faith actually didn't start with him. It actually started with his grandmother, generations earlier with his grandmother. And then his grandmother Lois passed it on to her daughter Eunice. And Eunice passed her faith down to Timothy. And Timothy turned and passed his faith on to countless others when he became a pastor and a missionary. So the Bible is full of stories like this. And at first glance, at first glance um, it may be easy to miss because they're mentioned so briefly. But behind all of these brief stories were people who committed to passing on the good news of the gospel to, uh, about Jesus to the people that they love most, their families. In all of these stories, these people were acting as ambassadors for Jesus to their families. So what is an ambassador? An ambassador, an ambassador is someone who represents, uh, who, who speaks on someone else's behalf. Perhaps you've heard in government they talk about you have ambassadors to foreign nations, like maybe you have an ambassador to Russia or an ambassador to China. So what they do is they represent their country and what they stand for and what their agenda is, and they go to these foreign countries and they speak on behalf of their country. They represent them. So we are all called to be ambassadors of Jesus. We are called to speak on his behalf and represent who he is and tell the story of Jesus to others. So we read more about what an ambassador is in second, and the importance of it in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 18 through 20. Everything is from God, who has reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and he has committed to the message of reconciling reconciliation to us therefore we are ambassadors of Christ since God is making his appeal through us we plead on Christ's behalf be reconciled to God 
So if you think about it, it's pretty incredible that once we know Jesus, that we are actually invited to become an ambassador for him. We are invited to speak on his behalf by passing the good news on to others. So what, is it, what does that mean? What does it look like to be an ambassador for Jesus to your family? So if, you don't, if your family doesn't know Jesus, it might mean using your words to share the good news of Jesus with them. But whether your family knows Jesus or not, we can, be Jesus, we can be an ambassador for Jesus at home by the way we live our lives, the way we love our families in Jesus' name. And we can pass on the good news to our families with the way we treat them and the way we talk to them and the way we talk about Jesus with them. So if you know Jesus but your family doesn't, I know that could be a lot of pressure. And you might feel responsible for making sure that they begin to follow Jesus too. But here's what I want you to remember, and this is very important for any of you in here that maybe your family don't know Jesus, that, um, ah, sorry, skip that. <laughs> um, you are not responsible for anyone else's faith. You're not. And I want you to hear that because this not only applies with your family, this applies to anybody that you speak with about what Jesus did in your life or what Jesus did on the cross. You are not responsible. The only thing that you are responsible for is passing on the good news with your words and your actions. How they choose, how they choose to respond is absolutely, totally up to them, and it's between them and God. So Lydia's family, they made a quick decision to follow Jesus. But it may take a long time for people in your family to really hear the good news of Jesus. And honestly, that's okay. Everyone has the opportunity to know Jesus in their own time, just as you did. You may be discouraged to, to be one of the only ones in your family who is following Jesus. But I want to tell you, don't give up. Your life and faith may be, might make them curious um, to know more. And so if, I'd like to share a little personal story with you guys this morning about me. So I did not grow up in a Christian home. Actually, my, um, my whole high school years, I actually stayed and lived at a children's home in Middlesex. And um, during this time, I didn't see my parents. We didn't have a good relationship, and they definitely did not know Jesus. Um, but while I was there, I was actually introduced to who Jesus was and learned about what he did for me. And how he loved me and he became a father for me. Um, so fast forward a few years, I get out of high school. And um, at this point, I have opportunities to, to see my parents. And I did not beat them over the head with a Bible because that never works. But what I did do was I did try to live out my faith for them. And I did look for opportunities to mention, you know, Jesus and what he had done for me. And it was over a long period of time, I think my parents saw that there was something different about me. And it made them curious. So eventually, they did come to the knowledge and they gave their lives over to Christ. And you know what? That may be your story one day if you're living in a house with parents who don't know Jesus or maybe siblings who don't know Jesus. It may take them time, but don't give up. And I can um, honestly, I'm thankful to say that right now my parents are in heaven with God. So no matter what your family believes about Jesus right now, you can, be, you can be an ambassador for Jesus at home through your words and your actions, just like Lydia, 
just like Lois, just like Eunice. Just like they passed on the good news, you can pass on the good news to your family also. So um, I want to I give you guys a, a couple of things, that, a couple of different ways that maybe you can pass on the good news to your families. And I don't want you to look at this as just a list of doing good things. I want you to look at this as practical ways and ideas on how you can share the good news of Jesus through your actions in case you're struggling with some ways on how to do that. So first of all, you can, you can pass on the good news to your families by doing chores around the house without complaining. Ooh, nobody likes that, right? But you, that's one way that you can show your family that you're different, is that you don't complain. You can share what God is teaching you. So when you come to church and you hear a message, you can go home and share that with your family, with your siblings. Ask your families questions about their faith. What do they believe? Why do they believe what they believe? Invite your family members to pray. Invite them to go to church with you. Invite them to read the Bible with you. And being kind, even when it's hard, especially to that annoying sibling. (laughs) And honoring adults in your family um, when they set rules and guidelines. As a matter of fact, one of the things that we're called to do, one of the great commandments for us as, as Christians is to honor our mother and father. And how about apologize? That's huge. When we mess up, it's so easy to you know, blame others, but instead apologize and take responsibility for the wrongs that you did. And then lastly, you can ask your family members how you can pray for them. So again, these, are the, these things that we've listed, they're great ways to share the good news of Jesus with our families by serving them. But remember, we're not just simply listing um, things just to be nice. We are giving examples of how you can pass on the good news to others with your actions. And so why, why is it important that we, we serve our family? In Scripture, we're shown, some very, we're shown some standards for serving others that goes beyond just being nice and instead reflects the God's love in practical ways. So here are three ways, three quick reasons why you should serve your families. Number one, Jesus served others. Jesus was the Savior and the King of this world. And repeatedly you will see in Scripture how he humbled himself and served others. There are stories of him washing the disciples' feet. Now I'm not telling you to go home and wash your mom and daddy's feet or your brother's stinky feet. I'm the last person that's going to be telling you to touch anybody's feet. I promise you this. However, this is just an example of things that Jesus did to humble himself. So we can follow his example with the people that are closest to us. Another reason is important. Serving keeps us humble. When we take the time to think about people around us instead of ourselves, it changes how we think, it changes how we act, and it changes our hearts. And then the third reason, um, you have something to give. One thing that often keeps people from serving others is that, we, is that they think that they don't have anything to give or to offer, but you do. And I even want to tell you this, so um, whether you guys know this or not, some of the greatest leaders in the Bible were probably teenagers. We look at the, the disciples. As a matter of fact, most of the disciples were teenagers. 
A lot of people don't realize that. And look at the great things that they did. Look at how they served others. And God's gifted each one of you with a special gift. And I challenge you to find whatever that gift is and use it to serve others. It could be something as simple as, you know, spending your time with someone in your family, taking that extra time to spend with your sibling, or, um, or giving them your attention. You have something to give your family. The idea of passing on the good news sometimes can feel really overwhelming at first. You might think that you need to have some kind of formal announcement and invite everybody in your family into the living room and give them a 30-minute sermon on why they should follow Jesus or something. Well, that's not the case. You might think that they won't listen to you because they've seen you at your worst. You might feel fake because your family knew you before you knew Jesus and and changing your life is, is often hard work, and it's slow work sometimes. You might feel discouraged that your family doesn't support you or agree with you and your beliefs. You might feel unprepared or too young. Again, I'm going to go back to the disciples, that they were young also, or that, that, that you're too young in your faith to share anything that would be helpful to older family members. Sometimes our families can be the hardest people to pass on the good news to. But don't be discouraged. The way you love and the way you serve your family will give you opportunities to pass on the good news of Jesus with them, with your actions. Your continued faithfulness and consistency to loving God will earn you the influence and the credibility when it comes to sharing what you believe with your words. And remember, you can't control what anyone does with the good news of Jesus. The only thing that you can control is whether you pass it on or not. So this week, when you think about who God may want you to talk to or, or who he wants you to share the gospel with, I just want to challenge you that this week that maybe you need to just look a little closer home and actually look to your family members because you can pass on the good news of Jesus to your family. One other thing that I don't have in my, my um, slides here is I also, I don't want to overlook the fact that maybe there's someone in this room who doesn't know who Jesus is. Maybe you haven't accepted Christ as your Savior. Maybe you have questions. What is this good news? What is, what is this stuff about faith and passing on? What is an ambassador? So if that's you in the room today and you haven't asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life, I just want to ask you right now to, to speak to someone, to speak to me or Mr. Mike or Josh or one of your life group leaders that are in the room today. Speak to them and, and ask questions because the change may, you may be the change that your family needs. I was a first generation Christian. There was nobody else in my family that were Christians before me. Maybe you're going to be that one to change your family. So if that's you in the room today, please, please, before you leave, speak to someone, okay? So I just want to close this in prayer with some encouragement, okay? So if we bow our heads.